Welcome to another episode of Dem. Asperger's. No. <laughs> Fine then. Hello. <laughs> How do you like that? <laughs> you were going really slow. Yeah, I can't do it at the same time every week. Otherwise, you know, if you're listening to this on some sort of device where you're not looking at what the episode's called, I've got to do them slightly different. I think I do them slightly different each week. Yeah, so I changed it up this week. Too much. Too much. Too much. Like, I'm all thrown off now. I'm not sure how this episode's going to go. I fo- I, I, I apologise. <laughs> See? It's already a mess. You ruined it. I apologise everyone listening to this episode if I'm a bit all over the place now, uh, but you can blame Scarlett for that. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so. So. Well. What's new with you? Uh, I was going to get in there and say it first, so you'd have to... Explain your week first. Uh, There's nothing new with me, I don't think. Um, Still at work. Still at work. Still doing this and that. Haven't won the lottery yet. Haven't won the lottery yet. Um, Yeah, nothing new with me at all. I feel like there is, but then I also feel like there totally isn't. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's been two weeks, and Mm. I think, like, what has happened in two weeks... Uh, but nothing in particular, I suppose. No. Mm, no. Nothing that I can think of. Well, but you. I think last time we spoke, you were about to go back to the office. You hadn't been back yet. You've now done mm. a week there and a week back at home again. Yes. How are you? Yes. It's fine. Nothing like really to report. I mean, like I think the idea of going back. I think I said this before, but the idea of going back is worse than actually going back itself. Um, I mean, it's fine. I think it is. It's funny because we were watching. Um, we were watching a documentary this morning because we like a little, little documentary on a. I mean, it's Sunday that we record it. Little yeah. Sunday morning documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, but. When one of the people on there was talking about sort of anxiety and like not wanting to leave the house. And I think that um, obviously I think anxiety is its own thing. I don't think that not leaving the house causes it, but I definitely think it makes it worse. If you're already anxious, I think then like, and I think it's the same thing. Even if you're not anxious, I feel like if you're inside for like significant periods of time you're not really socializing with anyone speaking to anyone anything like that i do think that then when you then have to go outside mingle be around other people i think it does sort of put this like pressure on it that wasn't there before like i think i used to go to the office every week and see people every week and i you know i never thought then oh i don't want to go in like I mean, <laughs> I did think I don't want to go in, <laughs> but I never, it was never, oh, I don't want to go in because I'm worried about, you know, being around people or stuff like that. Even, you know, a little bit with my burgers, but never, never sort of like, oh, how am I going to do this? You know, I do it every day. So now like going back, it's kind of weird because it's trying to get back into it. The, I think I've said before, but my office is split. So we're doing like half a team in one week and then half a team in the next week and then back and forth and back and forth so there's a week in for me and a week off and they put up a an email the other day saying that you know they hope that ar- around sort of mid-september we might all be able to go back into the office again 
And weirdly, that made me feel a bit weird when I read it. And then instantly I thought, why is that making me feel weird? This is how I used to work. This is how I, you know, I've worked there for about a year before lockdown. So I feel like this is what I did for a year. I don't know why the idea of that would make me feel weird. And I kind of, I think it was more mind over matter for me, having to, you know, think about it and think this is fine. Does that make sense? Or did I just try and speak my brains without proper... Speak your brains? Speak my brains without properly... Speak that your brains without proper words? That was not very well articulated, I don't think. No, but I, I hope the, the thought was there. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, anxiety is... Uh, anxiety is... Uh, it, it's, it's been coming a lot, coming up a lot for me. Mm. Uh, in general not me personally so I don't I wouldn't say that like you know like I get anxiety because I think that autism causes it and like you said for people on the spectrum it's more anxiety of well not I say people on the spectrum for me and you on the spectrum mm. the anxiety is more of the not knowing how something's going to go yeah. or not knowing how something's going to be and then once we know it's fine and once we're doing it it's fine um like there's a, a thing with me at my job where I'm training people at the moment to do what I do and I like there's a couple of times where and it's it's weird because it's something that I used to do when I was management where somebody wouldn't be good at something so I'd then have to have a conversation with them about why they weren't good at something uh, and then you know you talk to them about how it's supposed to do it and I haven't done it in like nearly two years and I had to do it on like last week and like the day before or the night before I was a little bit more like you know kind of worried but but not kind of worried I mean it's different for me in the sense I suppose it's, it's kind of an example of my anxiety but the trouble is with me is um I have to because I always have to run like I always run stuff past you first <laughs> Before I'm going to say something to someone when it comes to things like this. Not everything I say. It's not like I tell you all the conversations I'm going to have one day and then ask you what I'm going to say. But the trouble is, is when I interact with um, NT people, I'm considered like... I, I realise that a lot of NT people find me intimidating. I found it out um, again this week. Like Every now and then I, I forget that a lot of people find me intimidating and like they worry about me. And uh, there's people that I work with that have like an almost like fear of me. Not because like... I'm scary, but apparently it's just the way I am. Um, I don't know. I, don't, I personally, I because I've I've never interacted with myself. I don't understand what they're talking about a lot of the time. But apparently, the way I word stuff, or the way I put things, or the way I say stuff, I'm not really one for like sugarcoating. But that's because I don't understand the point of sugarcoating. So I just kind of say it as it is. Yeah. And obviously, when you're giving somebody like feedback on something they're doing um you know you're supposed to do the the thing where you're supposed to be positive and you know here's where you did well and here's where this is going and you know this that and the other whereas for me it's a bit more like so here's where you're bad work on this yeah um and i don't see uh i don't see a a thing with it but anyway i got more sort of anxiety because i suppose when i was management i kind of felt that like I could just not say what I want, but it doesn't really matter as much because I was a member of management, so I can say this stuff and it's fine. But because I'm not anymore and I'm doing something that management normally do, but it's something that I'm going to do. I think I started to ask you sort of like, what should I say? What shouldn't I say? Uh, and I've never really run past my conversations. In my head, I try and 
like when I'm going to have a conversation with someone that's not my normal everyday conversation, I try and like run through my head what I'm going to say, what they're going to say and, uh, you know, do it that way. Yeah. But the trouble is, is I am not good at trying to work out what other people say. And one of the things I do, which is a bit of a nightmare as somebody uh, on the spectrum, I suppose, is... I have the conversation in my head over and over again. Yeah. So like I keep doing the same conversation over again, just running through it, starting again and then, you know, do that kind of thing. But then I start like sort of setting in stone the person I'm talking to's answers. So every yeah. time I have the conversation, their answers become almost the same each time. And then I'm convinced that's how the conversation goes. And I guess it's a way of dealing with anxiety more so because I... um I don't know how it's going to go, so I do it, that kind of thing. But then when I'm having the conversation, uh, you know, I say my opening bit and then it doesn't, they don't reply with one of the answers that I thought they were going to give. And then all the stuff I remember, don't say this, don't say that, you know, watch what you're saying. Like all my, like, um, I suppose, masking stuff that I would do disappears. Yeah. And I just say the conversation, you know, it doesn't matter, like, how yeah. they're going to feel because of it. I know I've got to have it, but now like the the answers they're given are not the answers I thought they were going to give. So I've had to just abandon the whole structure and yeah. just sort of wing it, if you know what I mean. Um, like I hate having to have conversations with people that are different to my normal conversations if I know they're coming. So like the thing is, is if somebody had said, go talk to this person, say it was the day I got to talk to them, but I didn't know I got to talk to them about what we're doing. Mm. And somebody said, go do it now. I just go do it. But I hate the second I said you need to talk when someone said to me, you got to talk to them tomorrow. I just remember thinking like, great, now I've got a whole day mm. of thinking about it and I'll spend all night thinking about it and then it'll struggle with me going to sleep because I'll be thinking about what to say and then in the morning I know I'm going to wake up earlier than I normally do because I'll be thinking about it and then i got to, you know, go there, wait for them to turn up, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I was even getting weird about like where to do it. Like uh, I thought, should I do it here? Should I do it there? You know, that kind of thing. And that's just, but it, that's because I got to wait for it. So like I have that kind of like level anxiety, but like you said, it's something that I've always done. So like two years ago when I was um, management, yeah. I used to have those conversations with people on a regular basis and I never used to think out what I'm going to say. Yeah. You know, even when I used to do like disciplinaries and like investigations and stuff, they were like planned serious conversations where they have to go in a certain way for me anyway. Uh, and you don't know what the person's going to say. But um, they were never a problem. But then because it's been so long without me doing it, uh, I completely forgot. And I was a bit more like thinking about it way more than I normally would. Yeah. You know, when it came to that kind of thing. But yeah, like you said, it, you know, go back like four or five months. You did it all the time. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, I just find that um, it's, it's interesting. Like I say, I do think that a lot of stuff... Um, I mean, I think a lot of stuff with um, Asperger's or, you know, certain levels of the autistic spectrum, I think a lot of the stuff um, that is worrying um, can be mind over matter. But then I think, I suppose that goes hand in hand with the fact that it, it really, if you get down to it, Asperger's uh, is uh, in your mind. Well, it's not in your like you. It's not made up, but it's it's your brain. That's what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> that makes it sound like I've just got, you know, it's in your head. But like it's it's to do with your brain. So of course, like it, a lot of things will be 
in the sense of mind over matter. Um, and, and I think we can build things up to seem worse than they are. And it, I think things affect it to you with like mood and just in, in general. So, but yeah, it's, ultimately it's been fine. I'm back in the office next week. I don't really feel bad about it. Like I worked from home this week and it's a little bit of both. Like I kind of, I enjoy working from home a lot, but then equally I think that going to an office can be good as well um for me it makes coming home a lot better like I enjoy coming home more instead of just being here like in in the living room to finish my day in the same place kind of makes it more difficult to switch off in a way it also makes me look forward to the weekends more when I'm in the office and it's just kind of nice to actually get up get dressed and leave and and be like away from the flat all day in real clothes instead of just you know being sat in my pajamas um so that's kind of interesting i I would say like to actually get ready but i don't really get ready that much other than putting on proper clothes i don't i mean i've mentioned it before but makeup drives me mad and uh, I mean, my hair is, there's not really much you can do with my hair. There is, I could probably do more with it, but I don't know, if I, like, I've got quite thick, unruly, I mean, you call it feral, I would say like, it's just kind of thick and kind of curly and a little bit like all over the place, like it doesn't really like sit in a good place, so I just sort of leave it, let it do its own thing see whatever mood it's in for that day that's like the hair I'll take to the office whatever don't need to do anything with it so I don't really do much in terms of getting ready but it's, it is nice to to go out and to be somewhere else I suppose for the day yeah I think I think um actually even though I don't particularly like the idea of going to the office and I don't particularly like having to deal with people all day I kind of feel like it's good for me to not just to do that but also yeah to get away from the flat just to be somewhere else in a different space amongst different people I I kind of feel like that can actually be more positive for my brain which is weird I don't I almost don't want to say it because I would rather work from home but that it is true I actually think that it's better for me yeah yeah I suppose um I mean it sounds ideal when I think about it for me if I could work from home and not have to go out yeah for work I suppose because then you don't have to be involved in stuff but then I don't know it kind of I suppose it kind of we've talked about you know like the is it beneficial for people on the spectrum to try and do you know everyday neurotypical things or you know when you find something that you think will be difficult do you just not bother um like it's hard to tell which is the 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 better option, you know. Uh, do you go out and do something that can give you anxiety, can give you worries, can, you know, trigger your senses and that kind of thing. But you, you know, the more you do it, the easier it will become. Or do you just avoid it completely because you know it will be a nightmare? I think it's also like, it depends on what sort of person you are. Um, because obviously like that goes for nt people as well like do you try new things or do you do the same things like i think obviously i'm a like creature of routine most people on the spectrum are creatures of routine so i would say 
I don't really like to try new things, but then equally I don't ever like to not do something because of my burgers. Yeah. Like I'm more down for just giving it a go and, you know, seeing what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely are. Well, then again, I mean, you're a late diagnosed, so, you know, I think that's more common in the late diagnosed. People that are late diagnosed have gone so long not realising they were autistic, so they're just made to do stuff or know they have to do stuff because there's no way around it, you know. Uh, It's not until you get diagnosed that you realise that you could avoid doing stuff, but I think a lot of stuff, there's a lot of things that I don't do now that I used to do when I was not diagnosed because I there wasn't a choice, you know, I had to do it, so I did it. Yeah. Whereas now there is that kind of um, get out, I suppose, if I know it's going to be too much. But I don't try and use it. Well, I, do you know what? Like, when I first got diagnosed, I did use my Asperger's to get me out of a lot of things. Um, stuff that I had previously done, no problem. Or stuff that I had done, not no problem, but it wasn't a huge like strain on me to do it. So I'd do it. And then the, there was a point after I'd got diagnosed where I was just using it to um, get out of everything. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, I did that for a long time. But I think that's just because I'd gone so long having to do everything that I think I just liked the little break. You know, I think I spent a year using it as a way to get out of things. I wasn't going around telling everybody, but... You know, those that did know, I used it as a way of not doing something with them. Or if I'd behaved a certain way instead of having to, like, I say apologise. I'm not really somebody that apologises for stuff. So no. instead of apologising, you know, instead of just having to just be like, well, that's fine. That's your problem. And then just never talking to them again. uh, I could just be like, you know, it's because of this, you know, that kind of thing, which was good for a bit. But then um, I think like lately for sure like for a long time now I haven't brought it up at all like my where I work like um the staff turnover is quite high um so we will you know people leave people come you know that kind of thing all the time and we've changed enough people now that I reckon only about two three people that I work with know yeah uh that I'm autistic now whereas like at one point everybody knew and then now nobody knows again um and it's interesting because I have a lot of people that I work with now that um, like when they don't want to do something or can't do something or do you know what I mean? Like trying to not do something, they'll tell me like the, you know, that they've got like anxiety problems or, you know, I've got anxiety mm. uh, and they're saying that to me as a way of getting me to do something for them instead of them doing it. Mm. I can't do that. I've got anxiety or, or it gives me anxiety and that kind of thing. And, you know, it's interesting because I, I, I'm hearing like, I mean, I guess that I can still call them NT if they've got anxiety because obviously when we do the podcast, we refer to N people basically as the non-autistics. Yes, yeah, basically non-autistics. <laughs> yeah, so like obviously I don't mean everybody that's not autistic is NT, because obviously there's other things that would make you not NT, but just for the sake of this podcast, when I say NT, I mean people that aren't on the spectrum. Um, so it's interesting having people that are NT use it as a way to not do stuff. Uh, and I was, I think I was talking to somebody else about it the other day, where I was saying that it's weird, because obviously with the whole like, mental health awareness and everybody wanting to be more understanding of people's mental health i i know that like years ago uh the people weren't the same way so there probably were people with anxiety but no one ever brought it up Mm. Um, but i've noticed in the last like two three years now i work with a lot of people that just just throw that i've got anxiety just 
out there mm. you know they tell me they're telling strangers you know strangers are telling them and a lot of people are like oh i've got anxiety um and it was interesting because uh, they say it and then they just assume that um because now they've said it that that's it they're out of it and then that's them you know not doing something now and i've got to do it for them and i think in the past i probably would have said well you know i've got autism so yeah you know in a sort of like almost kind of like that you know it's like the you know that beats your anxiety so i'm not doing it um whereas now i hear people say it and i just kind of just sort of go i wonder if that's what i was like you know it's just made me think like mm. you know i wonder if i was the same i wonder if i used to use it as much as possible um to do stuff and i'm not saying these people don't have anxiety or anything like that it's just uh it's, it's it was something that I never heard people say at all, and I would say lately there's like three or four people that I know that will now say it. They probably say it like on a two, three two times a week, yeah, kind of basis, and it just makes me. A thing with me as well is like when I see stuff that other people do that's something that I do, it kind of makes me annoyed with them. Which uh, I don't know if that's like a autistic thing for me or it's, what. It's definitely something I know that you do. But it's weird if somebody does something that I do. Not everything, obviously, because you know, like I eat and like yeah. <laughs> if I see other people eating, I'm just like knocking food out of their hands and like, what are you doing? Um, but it's weird when I see things that are, I think the traits that I don't particularly like. You know, the traits that I do that I'm not, I'm not. You know, like I don't want to have. Um, or they're my traits that I have that I'm not a fan of. Uh, when I see people doing them, for some reason, it makes me annoyed with that person that's doing it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I do think sometimes when um, when I hear people say they've got anxiety and I know that they're using it, well, I say no, but it feels like they're using it as a way to just not do something because they just don't want to do it and it's got nothing to do with their anxiety. I think it reminds me of, like I said, that like year after I got diagnosed where I said i had autism in points where i just thought i could probably still do this you know yeah but i'm using it as a way not to do something it reminds me of that uh i think and you know with me especially like i've really problems with like expressing my um i guess emotion uh, feeling uh, yeah feelings sort of... towards something yeah um i don't deal with my own i guess problems or my own i guess faults or mistakes i've made i don't deal with them <laughs> So what I do is when other people make the mistakes that I've made, it's I kind of almost feel like I'm dealing with it then by having a go at them for something that I do mm. because I can't for some reason recognise it in myself, you know? Well, I also wondered if um, with you, I mean, correct me if I'm completely wrong, but I know that you quite like to be... Well, uh, well, yeah, I guess. I know that you kind of like to be in a way kind of unique... Yeah, there is that, um, and I, I know I know what you mean. Yeah, I do. I do like to. Uh, I like to be unique about most things. Um, uh, sometimes I get weird when people say they like something, like I like something. You know, it almost makes me feel like uh, almost like well, you don't like it as much as I like it though, or something yeah. like that. So yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, Th things that I consider unique to me. In fact, yeah, that's probably my main issue with it. Now, yeah, anyway, it's, it's things that I think, it, and like when I got diagnosed as being autistic. I felt like that was my thing. You know, I felt like yeah. I'm 
it almost felt like I was the only person that had Asperger's and nobody else had it. Yeah. Uh, and it was my thing. And, you know, I think I told people because I just thought, hey, you know, here's why I'm different, different. to yeah. you lot. Because like I think I've said before, like when you're not diagnosed, you, you grow up knowing there's something about you. It's not the same yeah. as everybody else, but you just don't know what it is. And then, you know, when someone says it's Asperger's, you think like, ah, it's got a name. And then you look into it and you think, yeah, that's totally me. That's totally me. And, that's it. and then the trouble was, is I, I remember when I first got diagnosed, I got sent to like, um, I say sent to, I got suggested that I should go to this group, which was, um, it's like a community group in where we live. Uh, and it's basically everybody else that's got Asperger's all mm. meeting together, you know. And obviously it's supposed to be beneficial and helpful. Yeah. But I just spent my whole time in there just being like, yeah, but my autism's different to everybody else's. Yeah. You? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I've got Asperger's and then they've got something else that has the same name. And I didn't feel like me and them were the same. I didn't feel like bonding. I didn't feel like there was a connection between me and them at all, even though we'd all got the same diagnosis I mean obviously Asperger's is unique to everybody that has it but I kind of didn't like being in a room full of people that had Asperger's because I kind of felt like my Asperger's was different to their Asperger's um and I don't mean that other than this everybody's I mean my Asperger's is different to yours and that yeah. kind of thing but I meant I, I felt like my my thing was my own thing yeah um and so yeah it probably is that when people tell me they've got like anxiety towards stuff I feel almost this kind of like um I don't know what the word is. It's not, not jealous. No, jealousy isn't the right word. But kind of uh, like a defensiveness. I guess a defensiveness, or I feel annoyed with the person for telling me. Um, and it, when I think about it, it's got nothing to do with how I feel about other people having anxiety. Yeah. Um, because initially that's what I thought it might be. I thought it might be that anxiety on the spectrum is different to anxiety when you're not on the spectrum. Therefore, their anxiety is not as bad as mine and I look like I'm coping better than you. So then it makes me feel like there's a weakness in them that is different. Yeah. Uh, and so, but yeah, I think you're right. I think it's because like I've got Asperger's and they're now saying that they've got something and I kind of always felt like it's it's my thing. So yeah. other people can't be saying that they've got anything well, I think when around me. I think like we've spoke about this before, but I think because I, where it comes from with you, or at least where we kind of thought it came from with you, is when you were younger, you knew you were different, but you didn't know what because you weren't diagnosed. So you spent a lot of time. You said like if all if everyone had like a gr the green toy, you would pick like the blue one to be different. Mm. And it, we thought it sort of came from a trying to be like I'm different. Like you wanted people to know you were different. Almost like because you you felt the the Aspergers within you and you you wanted you know I guess people to know, um, and then I think getting diagnosed potentially that was it you were you wanted people to know then because you were like I am different and now I know why so I, you know I spent all this time trying to prove that there was something different yeah now I'm gonna tell you and now if other people say it it still but you spent so long wanting people to know you were different that if you hear other people, it can be. Yeah, I'm not, I don't, I don't like, I don't like, uh, yeah, I suppose I don't like hearing it in that sense um, because it's kind of just, no, you can't, you can't be. And I, I think that, the, I, I think that makes like perfect sense. And I, I imagine that people listening to this, I feel like there are probably, 
definitely a lot, you know, quite a few other people that feel the same way. It's not like a, you don't want to be around other people in the spectrum or you, you have an issue being around them. Cause I know you don't, cause you, you have, have, you're around several people that are on the spectrum. You know, quite a lot of people that are actually. So I know it's not that, but it's, is almost like a, I think it's more with strangers with you. Yeah, I guess so. You know. Um, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's like this, it doesn't make it, I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm always talking about masking and blending in and wanting to be like everybody else. But then equally, I'm always wanting to be like center of attention and be different to everybody else at the same time. So it's a weird cross with you. It's a weird cross, but it exists. Like I see, I see both sides of you. I'm around you a lot. I know that it's there, like both elements. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Very interesting. Yeah. And uh, do you know what, as well, like when I hear people that are not autistic say that they have things like anxiety as well, like. I always kind of think, because like you said, um, you were saying at the start of this episode, that um, you said it's in your head uh, and, you know, autism's in your brain or whatever you're saying. Yeah. Um, I think the difference is, because we were watching that, the documentary we were watching this morning, um, they said that, because it was to do with anxiety and like depression and like worries Mm. and that kind of thing, that with a lot of people not autistic, it's a, it starts with like a deep rooted issue yeah that wasn't there and then something in their life happened that's put it there and then it's grown over time and that's why they get anxiety about certain things Mm. because of like this that and the other and they said that there is treatment for it and it can be stopped but it's a long process because they have to find what started it and then work on that and change the way they think about stuff um but obviously with autism it's not something that you get it's something that you are born with and you have forever yeah so like the way autism works is your brain just doesn't it, i do you know like i've had it explained to me a few times but it's just that it can't do something that other brains do as a basic thing yeah it's incapable of it no amount of therapy or medication or you know anything that you think you can take will get rid of you know it won't be cured your your autism will always be with you it doesn't yeah. matter what you do you can learn to deal with it or live with it or um in my case when I was in therapy I was shown how to basically yeah accept it and be okay with it yeah because that's what she was pretty much just saying she was just saying you're never going to be like not autistic and you'll never achieve the because I'd set myself all these ridiculous goals before I was diagnosed and I was getting like annoyed that I wasn't able to achieve them while everybody else you know would just seem to be like easily strolling along and achieving them no problem yeah uh and everything you know people were doing stuff that for me was a massive struggle and they were just you know oh it's easy i've just got this i've just done that and i'd just be like i've been trying to do that for years and i still can't and i was getting like angry and like frustrated frustrated with Mm. people and everything and for me it was like just an accepting that that is just when you're autistic there's nothing you can do about it you've just got to accept there's nothing you can do about it and be okay with that so, like, obviously, when I hear people that aren't autistic say things like, um, I've got anxiety, and I know that I get anxiety, I do kind of, yeah, look for the uniqueness in the sense of that mine has a lot to do with my autism. Yeah. Therefore, theirs is different because they can do something about it and they can eventually, over time, you know, live with it or get rid of it or you know dilute it somewhat so it's nowhere as bad as it is 
you know, same with like people that get depression. Um, I'm not saying that like when people are autistic, they get depression. That's it. They're depressed forever. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like it, it's one of those things that I've always felt that neurotypical people can do where they get something like anxiety worries or have high anxiety, but something can be done about it. They just need to work on it and they can yeah. deal with it. And I know that's hard. I'm not saying it's like, you know, just deal with it and you'll be fine. Obviously, it's no nowhere near as straightforward as that. Otherwise, people would just do that, you know. Yeah. It's not like take two of these and you'll be fine. Um, but I, it always kind of made me feel like, well, mine's different because mine comes from something that I have no control of and I'm incapable of doing something about. I just have to know what would cause me anxiety and to basically do like preventative measures. Um, whereas with other people, they could do the thing that's causing them anxiety on a more regular basis. Yeah. Um, they just need to do it. So I guess it feels like mine is different to them. So that's me looking for like a unique thing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, just, okay. it's just a, it's just an interesting thing. Like I'm always weird about talking about this kind of stuff on the podcast because I know that, you know, like being mental, you know, like having mental health awareness is uh, being mental. <laughs> being. I didn't mean it like that. I was gonna say I was gonna say being mental health aware, but I felt like that is just a really complicated way of saying you know having like mental health awareness, um, and obviously because we're autistic and obviously like with like ADHD and all the other stuff, like I'm one of those people that would be pro mental health awareness, but I can never work out with me. I have feelings towards stuff all the time. Um, but I can't work out why. And some of my feelings, if I said them out loud to other people, it kind of always makes me feel like I shouldn't be saying this because this is a negative thing to say. And, you know, with the way everything works and like the social media and that kind of thing, there's a lot of stuff that happens these days where you say something and then it's considered a bit controversial. So yeah. then everybody's just, you know, nobody wants to pay attention to anything you're saying. And so I... And I don't understand my own behaviours towards stuff. But yeah, sometimes when people say, because I was going to bring this up in this episode, but I just, I was a bit like, oh, should I bring it up? Um, but yeah, sometimes when people say to me that they have anxiety and I know them, not strangers, when strangers say they have anxiety or strangers say they have autism, like you said, I feel like I need to be more unique than them. Yeah. But I don't feel anything towards them saying anything about the mental health issues. But it's when it's somebody I really know and I've not noticed it and I can't tell. Uh, and then like when they say I've got anxiety, there's this part of me that immediately feels annoyed the second they've said it. And yeah. I can never work out why that is. And obviously, I need, for me, I need to have stuff explained. Like you explain why I do stuff all the time to me in a way that I think that probably makes sense. Like now when you've said it's a unique thing, yeah, I haven't really given that much thought until you've just said it. So, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel bad go out well not feel bad but I, I always feel a bit like I can't say this out loud to someone because for me once I've said it I can't unsay it so I can't go up to somebody and say hey why is it that I get annoyed with sometimes when people tell me they've got anxiety like I feel a bit like ugh you know because then yeah. everyone's just like because and then it almost seems like I'm being um unsympathetic unsympathetic or you know I, I sound like I'm one of those people that don't believe that people have mental health issues you know considering yeah. The whole stack of the ones that I have, uh, it'd be weird that I'm like, yeah, whatever, it's not real. Um, well, I think I think what it is is like you said. I think there are a lot of people 
out there that or there is, can be a lot of stigma around um like mental health in general and that's what the mental health awareness is trying to um eliminate but obviously there is all this stigma and you can easily be put into that box of people that have the the stigmas and, and think oh you need to you know the, the the sayings that you always hear people refer to when they're talking about people that don't understand of oh you need to get over it or you know it's it's all in your head it doesn't really exist blah blah, blah. there's a, there's all of that but I don't think that's what you're saying and I think that's why it's in a way it's kind of important to to talk about because you're talking about it from your own very personal perspective you're not saying that you don't agree that people have anxiety and you're not saying that you don't believe in anxiety or you're telling people they should just get over it it's not that you're saying that from like your own personal standpoint you feel almost like a I suppose like a defensiveness from what I've seen from you it's kind of like a defensiveness over your own um mental health um issues because when someone else talks about it it, it kind of feels like it's taking away from from you in a sense which I don't think, I mean, obviously it it could be an issue if you reacted in a certain way, but I know you, like, I know you don't. I know that you, for the, like, you keep it kind of internal and then you might say it yeah, I do. personally or, yeah. or think about it personally, but you don't, you don't say to them, like, no, like, I've, I've got this, I'm worse than you. And I, I don't think that it's necessarily you have a feeling of I'm worse than you, but I think there's a sense of uniqueness that you want to hold from it. And I don't think that it's, I well, I know with you, it's not limited to other people with other mental health issues. With you, it's kind of with, with anything. Like you said, I think that someone could say, oh, I, I'm really into horror. And not all the time. I know that you also will happily have conversations about horror. But I know, I think depending on your mood, depending on what's happened that day, there might be a sense of defensiveness in you when you think, no, I like horror. That's my thing. <laughs> you know, like, do, do you know what I mean? I don't think it's it's specifically around um, mental health. I think it can be anything. Yeah, I had it the other day. Um, me and some other guy that I work with, we both, um, there's a app or a subscription service called Shudder, uh, if you've ever heard of it. It's like horror Netflix. I think I've mentioned it before. Yeah. And I'm on that and I watch a lot of stuff on that. Like on my lunch break at work, I either watch a horror film or uh, I carry on with my like German lessons at the moment. Uh, and I watch Shudder a lot with this one other guy who also has Shudder and we watch films that are only on there and then we talk about them yeah. uh, and we have conversations about them. And like we, he's, he's just as much into horror as I am. Yeah. Uh, like he's big into collecting stuff and we, we lend each other like DVDs and that kind of thing all the time of films that I haven't seen that he has and etc. Uh, and then there was another guy who came into work who was just like, oh yeah, I've just got Shudder uh, and I've just started watching these. And I was almost just like, no, 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 you need to unsubscribe to that <laughs> uh, and you need to stop. Like you're not watching Shudder. You're not, you're not getting in on our conversations with this. Like this is mine and his thing. It's what I talk about. I'm used to talking to him about it. And initially, it does seem like a... I don't know what it is. Like, not a jealousy thing, but like a, a petty thing. Yeah. But then I try and understand, like... Because for me, I just react to stuff. And I don't really think about my reactions. I just have my reactions to stuff. And I just think, this is how I feel about this. Uh, it's only since I've got older that I've started, like, thinking about why I reacted to, um, you know 
yeah. things in a certain way. And uh, with this one, like after loads of time of thinking about it, I just thought it's because the routine is, and I am used to talking to this one person about Shudder and adding a third messes with that because I have set conversations and that kind of thing. And I talk to this one person about this, you know, yeah. we talk about it like every shift pretty much. Or, you know, if we've seen something good, have you watched this? Have you watched that? I'm going to watch this. Uh and then to have another person who works different days and then to have the same conversations with them and I don't know what they've watched and I'm not used to that kind of thing. It's just adding another element to something that I'm comfortable with. Mm. And that's all it is. It's just a change. But my initial reaction is one of almost like jealousy or not jealousy, but just how dare you like get involved in this. this yeah, it, you feel like someone's almost intruding. Yeah, uh, yeah, without asking first if they could, you know. Um, but then after I think about it, I just think, well, that's just silly. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't get that way about anything else. Uh, but then it takes me time to think about it. Or I'll talk to you about it, uh, and then you'll explain to me what you think it is. And then I think, yeah, that makes more sense. And sometimes you're right. Sometimes you explain to me what's happening, and I'm 100% like, that is what it is. Yeah. And then sometimes I don't agree with you, Yeah. but you've raised some questions that's then made me realise what it actually is, because mm. you've made me think of some angles that I didn't really think of because I think that's I, I mean I don't know if you're the same I don't think you are but one of my main issues with my autism I think is I am quite like this is how this is and I'm only capable of thinking about something one way mm. and I'm not able to consider other people's like opinions or feelings or point of view on a lot of stuff uh, I just kind of my way is the correct <laughs> way uh, and then you point out how somebody else might view it and it's never entered my head that that was even a possibility and then that opens it up to me thinking about like my own behaviour a bit more, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I think what we're ultimately talking about here, and I think this is something that I'd definitely other people on the spectrum can can relate to, is almost like a protectiveness over your own autism. It's kind of a... You don't... Is it, it, obviously you don't have to but it kind of makes you feel like if somebody talks about potentially like yeah other mental health issues but also like sharing a special interest something like it, it could be anything like that or having the same sort of routines in their life it almost kind of feels like you're having to share your autism with somebody else and I think that's where like the issues can arise because I, I don't think that like you or and like it happens with me sometimes probably not as much but it definitely like I, I I understand the feelings of I think part of it is a protectiveness of your own autism you don't you kind of want it to be yours and you kind of don't want other people to almost be feeling the same way because you're like no this is unique to me but also I think where um oftentimes with um being on the spectrum it can have sort of a, like a lack of empathy lack of sympathy um I know it's not true of everyone, but you know it's it's something that can be there. The you're almost having like a lack of empathy towards somebody else having a special interest. Like you almost don't understand how they can enjoy it if you enjoy it, and you don't understand why they w might want to talk to you or feel hurt that you don't want to talk to them about it. But also, like maybe you're not as empathetic towards somebody having a, a mental health concern because you, you can't understand, you can't put yourself in their shoes. You only know your shoes and their shoes. You, like you can't, you only know your shoes rather, not theirs. Do, does that make sense? I don't know. Like I, I feel like it's almost a protectiveness over your 
your bubble, your sphere, whatever it is in your life that you don't necessarily want to share. But I think I think that's commonplace with not just autism. I think that is in, you know, I think it happens to neurotypical people as well, where they've got something that they just don't, they don't want other people to be involved in. Yeah, I think so. Like, it's their thing. Um, it's almost like having a friendship and you don't want that. Like, your autism can be like your friend and you just don't want it to have other friends. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I think with me, yeah, I think it comes down to as well, um, like you said, I spent so long thinking that there was definitely something that either wrong or different with me for a long time. And then, like you said, once I got diagnosed, I was all like, this is it. This is the thing that makes me different to everybody else. I knew there was a reason why I couldn't do this or why my life's not been like everybody else's life and why everything's been difficult and not easy. And, you know, like why I've underperformed or not achieved much or not done that kind of thing. I was always looking for a reason. And initially, before I was diagnosed, the reason was that I hadn't found my niche. I hadn't found the thing that will make me like become this like massive like everybody else, but in my own specific thing which I think that's why initially when I was younger I'd also pick unique stuff because I just thought well obviously the normal path doesn't work for me so I should try the other stuff that no one else is trying because that might I might might come across something that I'm like this is what I should be doing um but like you said like I knew I was different and I think I was trying to get people to notice that I was different because then I can be like see I'm not really bad at everything I'm just different and I need people to notice that I'm different so they can understand that there's a reason why school's not working for me and, you know, that's why friendships don't work for me and the normal path that everybody else is on doesn't work for me because I'm different. But nobody was noticing that. They just kept saying, you know, you're doing bad at this. This is awful. You're underachieving here. You should be doing better with this. And, you know, that's all they kept saying. And I kept saying, yeah, the reason is, is I'm different. So I think I tried to make myself as different as possible for people to notice that. And then once I got diagnosed, I was just like, see, told everybody, which I knew I was, I knew I was different, you know, that's kind of thing. So I think now when anybody else tries to show that they themselves are unique, I feel like if I then start believing everybody else is unique and everybody else has their own little thing, that puts me like straight back to yeah where I was before. Square one. Yeah, yeah. and I don't want that. I've spent ages like establishing that I am different that I, I, I find it difficult to understand that everybody else is different yeah. as well. Because then if everybody else is different, that raises the question of, well, then why did I struggle here? Why did I struggle with that? Why was this hard for me? If everybody's as unique as I am, like, then why did everybody else, like, just glide through everything, no problem? Yeah, and you, you've got to think, like, there are, there are parts, like, and elements of autism that you kind of want to kind of want to be like the most whatever like I think it's it's a trait of autism you kind of want to be the most and it, it it's dependent again it's not for everyone but say like you are really good at maths and you think maths is my special interest that's my thing and then you come across someone that's better at maths than you and all of a sudden you think like but that's my th- like if I don't have this, then what do I have? Like, all of a sudden, you're not good at maths because someone's better than you. Like, with you, if somebody... Like, you're really good with films. What if somebody knew, like, more films than you and it's kind of, like, taken away from your thing? I know you probably wouldn't care because it's not, like, a thing, but, like, if you've got a hobby that you think you're really good at and then to be, like, to have somebody else just beat you... Kind of like you said you were really good at... Was it Mortal Kombat? 
Uh, yeah, when I was really young. Yeah, yeah. when you, and you thought you were really good, and then you played with your brother, and your brother like beat you first time. I'm sorry to bring up that men- memory for you, but I was like nine. Yeah, I know, but and then you said you got quite annoyed. Yeah. Um. So and it it it's kind of like feels like well if I don't have that then what do I have? And I feel like that's the same. So it happens with your special interest, but I feel like it can also happen with your autism in in two ways. Like sometimes you see someone and you kind of you almost want to be like but I'm more autistic than you like I I want to I don't know I want my struggle to be more or you see someone autistic and you think yeah but I've I can mask better than you so I'm like I fit in better and I feel like there's always just this the potential like almost competition like within yourself like yeah, not you. I, I mean, no, like I, in general. I had it the other day because um, I've been doing. I'm on like day seventy five uh, of like learning German. So I've done like seventy five days in a row now, where yeah. I do like half an hour to an hour a day of lessons. Uh, and I was trying to tell you something about like a, a sentence that I learned that I thought was fun, and I told you the sentence because the sentence was made up by the the program I'm using to learn. It made a really weird sentence about. Uh, I think it was like something about flowers wearing hats and I think I said the sentence to you and then you corrected one of the words I said and I just thought like I thought I was doing really well I thought I'm so sorry I thought like I've done like over two months now of lessons and I just thought I'm getting really good with the the language and I've tried to learn other languages before and it just hasn't gone but German for some reason I seem to be able to follow it much easier than other languages because like I say it uses a lot of similar structures and stuff to English which is why you told me to give German a go and I've, I've got further with it than I had when I tried to learn Spanish and I think I did French at one point um, and I thought I was doing really well and I was like trying to like show you stuff and then you were like it's pronounced this and I was just like oh you don't even do I'm so sorry no it doesn't matter like it's not your fault I was like you haven't even been doing this for 75 days and you said that when you were in school you kind of did a bit of German but mostly you learned French and I just thought and there was just an initial reaction of me just thinking like am I really bad at German? Like, I thought I was good, but maybe I'm not as good. And then, yeah, then it's just like, well, if I haven't got the German thing, then what am I doing? And I did almost think about, like, just just quitting and, like, just stopping doing German altogether. So I just thought, well, it's obviously not going. Like, somebody that hasn't done it in years seems to know more of it than I do. And it was just, like, one word. And I was just like, so I'm obviously, it's obviously not going as well as I thought. And there was this initial reaction of, you need to find something else to do that's unique to you because you think that you've learned this, but somebody else has just shown you that they know it better than you and they've not even really been trying with it. So I was there was this initial reaction of, fine then, I'm not going to do any more German now. I just thought maybe I'll pick a language. And I was thinking like, maybe I'll pick a language that you don't know. So then it won't matter. <laughs> like I know it was... I won, an, I won a language award when I was at school. I used to, like back in the day, I used to be good at languages. Not anymore. Now I'm... Um, not very good at all, but I used to be really good at languages. So I used to like, I've got a, a base level of quite a few. Yeah, well, you, still, you say you're not me. good, but you're still really good with your French. I know you're like, well, I'm not as good as I used to be. But I don't think there's ever been a French, like when we've watched something where, you know, like two characters are French and then they speak in French to each other, but they've not put subtitles up because for the context of the movie, you don't need to know what they're talking about. I don't think there's been a time where I've said to you, what are they talking about? And you haven't been able to tell me what they're talking about. And not just get a gist of what they're saying. You pretty much know what they are. And there's been loads of times now where I've said to you like a German thing 
and I've gone, what's the French version? And I don't think there's been a time where you've gone, I don't know. You've always known it. So I know you think you're not as good as you were because you're not, you know. I used to be fluent and now I wouldn't say I'm fluent. No, but you still you still know a lot. But it's, you know, standard, standard you. If you're not like <laughs> the best like that you could be, then you're like, eh, I'm all right. Yeah, but I think that's the only thing that helped me with my pronunciation is just because I've I did German for I think I think I did it for three years, so I've got like you know I had quite a good understanding and also I've d- done quite a few languages. Oh yeah, no, I get tried it. Tried to learn quite a few. You, I mean, you've done it for three years and I did it for I've been doing it for two months. Like I get it. <laughs> I just because it was like I know I'm really sorry. You're still better than me though, like for sure. It was this one thing, but other than that, like, obviously, I don't know anything anymore. But I know what you're, yeah, I know what you're saying. Is any of this, like, even relevant to you, though? Like, this episode's been quite, like, me-heavy, and there are quite a few episodes where they Mm -hmm. are me-heavy, and so there's less, there's less where it's more about you, but this topic of everything we've been talking about today, like, I haven't really brought you into it, because I still don't feel like any of this is, is relevant to you your autism's like really weird uh in <laughs> yeah. a sense like it it's there and in many ways i think you have it worse than me with some things that i do not struggle with at all and there's things that you really struggle with and for me i would say you're you're obviously autistic i know like loads of people have never noticed with you and just thought you're a bit odd <laughs> how did you have and that sounds a bit harsh but like <laughs> that is how you've been described by a lot of people is a lot of people just thought you were a bit, you know... Different. Yeah, different. Um, but I kind of noticed straight away, once I got to know you, know you, uh, I realised straight away that you definitely were on the spectrum and obviously it was me that was like, get yourself diagnosed and, you know... Yeah. I was like, you definitely are autistic, like 100%. Uh, and your diagnosis from when they started diagnosing you to diagnose you was way faster than mine. Yeah. So I always kind of figured that, you know, the reason that it was faster is because the professionals guys had just, you know, they talked to you for a bit and just thought she's riddled, riddled with it. <laughs> so, like, I, uh, I always kind of feel like you are, but there's so much stuff that we talk about in this podcast that then we look on our like Facebook group and there's people like all talking about it and that kind of thing. But there's so much stuff that I'm like, yeah, that's like the autistic way. But then I think about you and it's not like you don't have this. I don't know, this whole identity thing and wanting to be unique. Like when you got diagnosed with your autism, you didn't tell anyone. You still haven't really told anyone. Yeah. There's the odd person that knows here and there, but you've never done anything with it. And there are situations that you know are bad for your autism but you just go do them anyway. Like there's loads of stuff where I'm just like, that's not gonna be good for you, don't do it. Uh, But then you just go do it anyway. Um, Or you'll have massive reactions to stuff that are your standard, normal, (laughs) natural, autistic reaction to that situation. But then you're irritated that you had, you know, that I suppose in some ways that your autism won, you know, (laughs) because you didn't want it to. It's a constant battle. Yeah, like you're completely different in that sense. Like when somebody says that they've got autism to you, you don't think like, well, it's not the same as mine. Or you don't think you in fact immediately you kind of go the other way and just go, Yeah, you've probably got it worse than me. Like you're yeah. probably like <laughs> it's probably really bad. Like mine's not even that bad. And there's like there's times with you where things are happening that are really bad and you can tell that your autism is causing a huge issue, but you're trying to pretend like it's something else completely. And just like you shouldn't be doing this because of your autism, you're like, Oh, it's not that. 
It's not that. It's because I haven't had dinner yet, or yeah. it's because I didn't sleep enough last night. It's not my autism. Like it's something else. Like you're a bit more like the other way. Um, you don't like to acknowledge it, and if anybody else has anything that's the same as you, you're just like, well, yours is probably worse. Like yours is probably worse. It's not mine's. Mine's not. Mine's barely there. You know what I mean? Full on meltdown. You're like, oh, it's not that bad. I'm not that bad. You know, everybody else has probably got it worse than me. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Maybe that's like one of my traits is that I always think that everyone's got stuff worse than me or like is better than me. So I suppose we're actually thinking about it with me. It probably works in the other way around of like, if it's my special interest, I don't know. Like I really like doing Rubik's cubes, but I'm not like the quickest at it. So if someone says like they like it, I will probably go, Oh, you're probably better at it than me. Or like, I don't know, I really like doing Sudoku and I try and do it really quick. But like the only person I I can be really competitive, but I only really like with myself. If I like, I will get annoyed by myself not doing well, but not really like other people. So other like if someone else is better than I or if someone else says they like something, I think, oh, they probably know more about it than me or I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah, you've always... But I always do it with everything. And you don't like to sleep. I mean, like, even when we talk about this, like, I, I say to you, like, not on the podcast, but when we talk in general, like, I tell you about what's going on with me and, like, issues I'm having or reactions to stuff that I didn't quite understand. And you're always, like, you're always able to put yourself in the mindset of the person that I was talking to. Well, they probably felt this way or this probably wasn't that. And you're always easier to empathise with other people. Like, you don't seem to have an issue with that. You know that it's not... It's not sympathy. I don't think you can sympathise. No, I can't. Like, at all. Um, but you can empathise with people, no problem. Yeah. You can tell me how somebody's feeling and how they probably reacted to that and how it makes them feel. But then almost immediately after you've done that, you'd go, I wouldn't feel that way. And that makes no <laughs> difference to me. And, you know, if that happened to me, I wouldn't care. But I understand that they do and here's why. Like, and there's that kind of thing. Like, sometimes I'll say to you something I've said to someone where you're like, that's a bit harsh and you probably shouldn't have said that. And then you explained to me why I shouldn't have said it uh, and why it was a bit harsh. And you explained to me why they felt that way and that kind of thing. And then you'd been like, if you said it to me, it'd have been fine. Like, I don't care. You're like, whatever, like, it don't bother me. But you're just like, but everybody else, this is how they feel. You're able to empathize with any NT people, but you can't sympathize with people at all. Like I've noticed you just can't do it. When someone's going through something, that's like considered quite like emotional or traumatic. You fully understand why, yeah. But you feel nothing towards them while they're going through it. Like you don't feel like you recognize anything at all there. Uh, you just you get it, but there's no connection. Yeah, I. D- Whereas I, I, I don't do either. No. I don't empathize or sympathize. I imagine if I was them, and I just think this wouldn't be an issue with me. So then my reaction is to basically turn to them and say, "Get over it. It's not that bad." <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I don't know, like, I can't really think, uh, I guess, like, with this topic, I guess a lot of it isn't, I, I mean, I don't want to say not relevant to me, because, like, I think it's relevant to anyone on the spectrum, but I guess it doesn't, a lot of, like, what we've spoken about to in this episode doesn't really resonate as much to me, but I, I, I see it in you, and I see it in other people, like, on the spectrum, so I do understand that it's a thing, I just, yeah, for me, I, just, I think I am more likely to... I don't know what the right word is, but to just sort of like, I feel like it's easier for me to go like, oh, you're probably better at that than me. And we'll just like leave it at that and that's okay. And yeah, with like, um, I guess 
mental health issues I'm more likely to think like oh they've probably got it you know way worse like if, if I think like somebody saying something that they struggle with and say it's something I struggle with as well I always just think like oh they they must struggle with it worse than I do I don't know I guess that's what my brain goes to but then my brain kind of likes to think that I don't struggle with anything even though I probably do how it feels for me and you yeah and autism wise it feels like your autism is something you live with so it's you and your autism and for me it feels like I am my autism and I feel like that's how our autism is like I know I don't think either way is correct or how it normally is but that's the best way to explain I think how me and you are is I feel me and my autism are the same thing like it is me whereas with you it, it is just something that you live with but it doesn't like it's not it's not you it's just it is part of you but it's not all you are whereas like for me it's more like yeah I am my autism and you're yeah that's how it always feels sometimes when I'm explaining like oh I've had this I've had that like and I think initially like I said like when I first realized that you were autistic I thought you were way way worse than me like I just thought your autism was much stronger than mine like as if you know if that sort of I'm still not sure about the strength of autism you know when people say well they must have it worse than you I'm still not convinced that's how it works. Uh, I've never really looked into it, but it just doesn't feel like that makes any sense. We had that therapist of mine that was talking about how obviously it's a spectrum, but just think you can like, you know, different days, different hours, different minutes, you can fluctuate where you are on that spectrum to, you know, very bad, very not. Yeah, yeah, that that makes more sense. But it, it always seems like I always felt that I was way more in control of it than you. Yeah. And you were more like a slave to it like it kind of just it <laughs> governed how you were and you had no control over it but just over time I've realized that you you're way I would I'd say way more in control of it and I'm not but then I guess I don't know I think I do a lot of stuff in my day-to-day that makes it worse and I think there's a load of stuff that you just don't do which mm. is why you're fine with it and like eventually like you have more sensory stuff than me but I think you're more true to like who you are as a person yeah and I think that's why your autism doesn't interfere with your day as much as mine whereas mine is my day is well, my life is a big like I guess pretending I do a lot of pretending and a lot of being someone I'm not and that's why my autism seems to affect me more it could just be that you know like you said like the therapist said that you have to think of it as yeah like you're just kind of moving in and out of it. You've got like the center is your most autistic and then the further away from the center you are. And some days you're moving closer to it. Some days you're further away from it. And it's just sort of just swinging back and forth in and out of the varying degrees of it. And I think I keep doing things that push me more towards the center of it. And you kind of just stay on the outside as much as you can. And that's what the issue is probably. Yeah, we like, I mean... We I know we have spoken about it before, but maybe we'll go into it more of like the way we deal with things or the way we are because we we are I guess different and we the thing is we have a lot of discussions not necess not really about autism but we have a lot of discussions not on the podcast just about like us uh like you might kind of like what you said earlier you come to me sometimes to say a conversation that you're going to have and we almost sort of go through it um, yeah I run it past you first now because in the past they used to just go for it and then you know the person I'm talking to is crying and I don't <laughs> understand what's happening 
Whereas with you, I'm just like, I'm going to talk to this person. Here's what I want to say. And then you'll be like, yeah, maybe don't put it like that. And then you're like, here's how you should word it. <laughs> you're like, your point makes sense, but you're kind of going at it like all wrong. And then you'll explain it to me, which is, which is good. Because, yeah, usually I, in my head, it sounds fine. Uh, like, you know, I, I feel like I can go up to somebody and just go, you're useless. Why are you so useless? And I just think, if they don't know... They're never going to work on it. Whereas I'm like, so I'm going to tell them they're useless tomorrow. And you'll be like, um, no, here's how you should word this. I think I think we do. We actually do probably quite a lot of balancing each other out in terms of like the conversations we have. We probably both sort of steer each other into a. Yeah, I think I'm better with you because you, you ruminate a lot. Like we've said before, my thoughts are all like hundreds of thoughts all at once. But you tend to think about one thing at one time and sometimes you think about that one thing too much yeah. and it gets out of hand and you, you know, you make the whole mountain out of a molehill situation where you, it's a really small problem, but you've been thinking about it solidly for two days. And then when you explain it to me, you're explaining it to me like, you know, it's the apocalypse. Yeah. And then I'm just <laughs> like, okay, but you know, it's this. And I just, basically I have to try and like bring you back down to... <laughs> To the actual what's going to happen. Yeah. And then just basically go, this is not a big deal. And then you're like, uh, yeah, I suppose if I think about it that way, it's not a big deal. But trouble is with you is you, you don't like to bring it up. So it's like I, I get to it like two days down the line when it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, but it is interesting because we are coming at it from two different, I suppose, two different perspectives, yeah. two different angles. But I definitely think that I think this is definitely more of a common one because I, I've noticed it not just in you, but like in other people. Um, and I've seen it like on forums and stuff with a, a kind of, I, I think the best way to describe it, although I've never heard it described as this, so I might be completely wrong, but like, yeah, the like a possessiveness over your own autism, kind of a, just a, a not wanting to. Yeah. It's your identity. Yeah. And it kind of feels like somebody's trying to steal it. Yeah, like identity fraud. Yeah, they're trying to claim that they're you and you're not cool with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was going to do There was something else I was going to talk about uh, in today's episode, but we're done now. But um, somebody posted on our group about how they feel. I mean, this isn't what they said, but what they said reminded me of something that I do or feel. Uh, they feel like they are in the... So when you get to like your mid-20s, your mid-30s, you feel like you're done with life. Not in like a suicidal <laughs> sense. But you feel like you've been alive forever. Uh, you feel like your life can't have much longer left because you've been alive for such a long time. And I was going to bring it up today, but this topic we talked today is really good. Um, but it's something that I, uh, it's something that I a hundred percent do. Like I'm 35 now, and for me, I feel like I've been alive for about 70 years. Uh, like sometimes I watch movies from like the 70s. Like we were watching Scarface last night, and I was looking at Al Pacino and thinking Al Pacino's got to have been like what his 30s in this. And I was just like, and when we watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he's in that as well. And obviously that's like so much longer after that I was just thinking like, and he's still alive now. And I was just like, but this was before I was, actually no, I don't think Scarface was before I was born, but I think I was about like three, four. Okay. And I was just like, and I was just like, so how is this? And I, 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 next time we do an episode, so next two weeks we're going to cover this, but I'm just, the person that posted this comment, I'm just letting you know that I found it really interesting and I was going to include it, but I'm going to bring it up next week. I feel like I have been alive for such a long time that it's weird to think that I'm 35 and potentially I could be alive for another 
50 years that doesn't make any sense to me mm. like I feel like I've been alive forever and this guy thinks it's because when you're on the spectrum you don't do a lot you know you, you stick to the same routines day in day mm. out that time passes more slowly in a sense uh and yeah I, this person that said this I'm totally with you on that like I genuinely at 35 now think I've got like what five ten years left and then <laughs> that's it I've lived my entire life and when people say life is short and uh you know, it just flies by. I, I don't feel that way at all. I feel like I've been alive for such a long time. Like, I'm not saying, like, I want to die or anything like that. I just, I don't see the passage of time in your life, like, brief as everyone says it is when someone says, like, you've got one life, live it, and all that stuff. Like, I feel like I've been alive forever, uh, and I've still got forever to go, and it still feels like that now. At no point have I thought I'm 35 already. What have I achieved? I feel like I've been alive for, for basically, for ages. I, I mean... I obviously we'll talk about it in the episode, but the one thing that you saying that about Al Pacino reminded me of is the fact that who is it that plays No Name in like Oh Clint Eastwood? Clint Eastwood, right? So when you see him in like um for a few dollars more or like you know the yeah. good, the bad, and the ugly, whatever, when you see him in that, he's I don't know how he, old he is was he? Like mid thirties. Mid thirties, okay, like mid thirties. Potentially looks a little bit rougher because, you know, that, that sun and the... Yeah, the, one of the guys I work with is a big Clint Eastwood fan. He said that it's the Californian sun. The Californian sun. weathered him. I mean, don't get me wrong, he looked, like, nice, but maybe a bit bit older than you might think. But, okay, mid-30s, whatever. And then you think, he's still alive now. And that was filmed in, like, when, like, the 17s? 60s. 60s? I think it was late 60s. That was the late 60s. And he looks, like, you know, mid-30s then. And he's still alive now, and you think, "Wow, that is that's yeah, wild." It's just—it's one of those things that I've always thought about, and so I've never thought about it properly until somebody talked about it on our group, and I was just like, "Yeah, I, I definitely do that. I definitely feel like I have been alive for a long time." Um, there's also somebody posted something on the group, by the way, about speed cubing. Apparently, there's a show on Netflix about people that do it competitively. No. Yeah, I didn't. I know you don't check the Facebook group that much because you don't really social media. But somebody put it up there as a recommendation for you. And I'm going to watch it. I totally forgot about it. Thank you, person. Um, so that's it for this week. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening again. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, we're doing our episodes two weekly, which, to be fair, I was only doing during lockdown, but it seems to work. Um, it, seems to, it seems to be people preferring it that way, I think. Uh, I know people like listening to us. Um, but I think it's better for us, our episodes. We're getting more listeners. We've increased our listener base by a few hundred people. And I, yeah. I think I think that's because we're giving ourselves gaps and, you know, it's... We've got more to talk about. More to talk about, I suppose. Because we're not even doing topics. Like, really. Yeah, I know. Like, normally how me and Scarlett do it is we talk about what we're going to talk about beforehand. We don't talk about what we're going to talk about, but we say we're going to do this this week. Let's do cover this. Um, but the last three or four episodes, we've kind of just started talking and just seeing where the episode's going to go. And that seems to be better. And I think mm. that's working because we're doing it every couple of weeks. Mm. Uh, instead of planning out what we're going to do. Which is how we did it a week. Because when we were doing it week by week. We were having to plan it. Because we were doing it every week. And yeah. we didn't want to just ramble on. But this two week thing. Yeah. It seems to be working. I mean this episode alone made me think of like more things that I'm actually kind of eager to talk about. Like yeah. you say that. I actually think that would be quite interesting to talk about. Because again like we're two different ages. Like I mean. No, it's like 12 years. There's, there's 12, 12 years, years between us, yeah. but like, you know, 12 years can, that's, can be a for me, it, for me, it feels like ages. Uh, we've talked about this before, like when you were born and I was in my second year of secondary school, <laughs> like I just feel like. That's wild, isn't it? I kind of feel like that was a huge 
time there for me in general between born and second year of secondary school and yeah so I just you mean that to now yeah so it's it's like two different perspectives from like potentially a younger perspective and uh, yeah yeah. I mean not old but whatever I I, you're not old you're not old you're like you're 35 but you know yeah like and I, I think we've got some some more stuff to talk about. I hope everyone enjoyed this. I hope it makes sense to people as well. Like I wanna I'd be interested to know if anyone can relate to this because I think it's the sort of thing that like the possessiveness over your own autism, potentially feeling a certain way when people say, you know, they're struggling with something or they they enjoy something, feeling like an almost jealousy or not jealousy, but you know, like a a a, a strange negative feeling towards it. I'd be interested to know if anyone else feels the same way, like please post it in our um, group if you do, because I think it's the sort of thing that you almost don't want to talk about because you're worried about how it might be perceived. But obviously our group is like a safe space. We're talking about things that are, you know, potentially a symptom of your own autism. You can't help it. You can't help the way you feel. So yeah, I'd be interested to know if that's a a common thing amongst people. Um, You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just look for them, Asperger's. Um, we have, like we said, we've got a private group on Facebook that you can join. Just send uh, your requests, and I would I check them every couple of days and add people into the group. And the groups for anybody, you can talk about anything autism related. You don't have to just talk about the podcast. You can talk about anything you want if you've got your own questions and that kind of thing. We don't mind sharing links if you want to share links. Just uh, nothing too spammy is fine. There's been a few stuff going up there that's been okay. Uh, I don't mind it so much, like I said, the, the Netflix thing, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, um, I want to watch that. And also, some people have been requesting to get into the group, and I have been declining the requests. If you've got an account on Facebook that's super new, and I mean super new as in made in the first three months, I kind of decline it straight away because, obviously, I'm trying not to let, like, bots in. Um, but if I have declined you and you want in, but you know your Facebook page is... Re- your Facebook thing is really, like, new, just send me a message... Um, yeah, the only people we decline, well, you decline because you're a meanie, is um, potential bots. Yeah, like, we don't decline people, you know? Yes. Like- <laughs> so if you've tried to get in and I've not let you in, it's just because your account's super new uh, and I'm just trying to keep bots out. Um, so if I have declined you and you want back in, like if you just send me a message on uh, Facebook, just basically you can just put not a bot uh, and I will let you into the group as soon as you put your request through. But yeah, don't feel like I'm just like <laughs> screaming. <laughs> not you yeah. you're not allowed in we only like certain people because i have here. i have done like i think i've done like seven or eight people in the last couple of weeks where i've just declined them um yeah, like i say it's not a personal thing i'm just trying to make sure the group doesn't get like hijacked but yeah that's it yeah thank you everybody so much for listening bye